Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. and welcome to this, another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast. My name is Josh Norris and joined as always on this Tuesday edition, a waiver wire edition ahead of week nine. It is John Daigle himself. Daigsy, when I say week nine, what do you feel? Tired. <laughs> Not only a big week for fantasy football, though, just a big day in general that people are listening to this, right? Mm-hmm. Need to get to the polls, need to help out this country, let alone their own fantasy team. So, yes, how about the more important thing first? And then, yes, waivers. Do you know what the most ideal situation would be if someone is listening to us talk this very second while waiting in line for being in the polls? I oh. I was super nervous. I did a mail-in ballot in North Carolina, sent it back two Fridays ago. And so once I saw that full green circle, I was very, very thrilled, Daxy. Same for me. I had yep. to send back to Texas from Chicago. So yes, uh, my green circle is filled and happy as well. Good, good. What a weird time we live in. And Tuesday, I'm sure, will be anxiety-filled for a lot of people. On some level, this is why football exists, you know? Just for some type of distraction. Also imagine trying to run a Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern waiver stream on Twitch. That's going to (laughs) be all right. little focus. Very little focus will be happening. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, let's get into uh, the stuff that we do well, Daigle, and that is this football stuff. Instead of going through a drop list, which headlines your column, which you can find on rotorworld.com around 1 or 2 Eastern after lunch, 
Daigle needs it for the energy. Um, there is a massive Thursday night football game in terms of fantasy football potential and players, some locked into your lineups, some not, some fringe players that you're going to immediately pick up on Tuesday night and then end up starting on Thursday because that is the 49ers against the Green Bay Packers. I'm sure the line will move, but the early line I looked at Daigle was the Packers favored by only three points. Um, but as we know, throughout this entire season, no team has been more injury-plagued than the 49ers, and that struck even more on Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo will be out for weeks. He was pulled in that matchup, um, and George Kittle will be out for eight weeks. They've also missed Debo Samuel, Jarek McKinnon, all the running backs, Tevin Coleman once again, and so on and so forth. So, Daigle, talk us through at starting with the 49ers side of this. Who piques your interest against a defense in the Green Bay Packers that has given up a lot of fantasy points this season? Let's take our time because there's a lot to unpack here. Our friend Tevin Coleman, as we sometimes call him, uh, actually led the team in carries before he re-aggravated the same knee that sent him to injured reserve in the first place. And that's when Jermichael Hasty then came off the bench and out of necessity had 12 carries for 29 yards and a touchdown. So everyone that has been wanting to play Jermichael Hasty, you finally can in this spot because the 49ers literally have nowhere else to go. McKinnon will be involved as he was this past week ran 22 routes to hasty's 13 four catches or 40 yards but the way they are quote-unquote resting his legs are clearly on the ground so i would expect hasty to lead in carries mckinnon perhaps still to lead in overall fantasy production because he will be the passing game back here but this is still a poor Packers front seven that we know Mike Pettin tries to allow the running game because that most likely will lend itself to less explosive plays than the passing game. And that's why they have allowed 4.6 yards per carry to opposing running backs. And that's why they stacked the box, but Dalvin Cook still made mincemeat of them this past week. So yeah. it's actually a really good spot for both Hasty and McKinnon. Yeah, none of the 49ers backs are of the talent of Dalvin Cook. Few backs are in right. the NFL, but that doesn't mean they're not going to go for, you know, 120 yards combined, maybe one or two touchdowns. What I'm most nervous about, and I'm jumping to the end here, Daigle, mm -hmm. is just the 49ers not being competitive in this game. Despite the coaching, despite some of the talent they do have on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, if they go ahead by 10 points, a Nick Mullins, that offense, might just fall out of complete game script here. That makes sense. My worry would be inefficiency because like you, I think we will perhaps get garbage time opportunity here. Yeah. So that would probably lend itself to McKinnon, honestly. Uh, so you would hope then that they at least are receiving play volume in this spot. Another one that is more sneaky is who will replace George Kittle because mm -hmm. Jordan Reed is trending towards being active. And if he's active, I would expect they use him the same way they used him in week two before he got injured in week three. And that is only having him pass block one time and run 20 routes and see a team high 30% target share and two touchdowns on those 20 routes because they don't want him getting injured on a role like pass blocking. They strictly want to use him as a receiver. So he would be a sneaky start at a, as we say every single week, a terrible position that we may need in, in deeper leagues um, if he's available. If not, you could just pivot to Ross Dwelly, who as we've seen has come in and play over 70% of the snaps when Reed and Kittle is not available. Uh, four targets in week three in place of Jordan Reed or week four, one of those from Nick Mullins. And then last week came off the bench for Kittle and recorded a touchdown as well. And I hope everyone listened to you a few weeks back when you mentioned acquiring, not at all costs, but at a high priority, Brandon Ayuk, because he mm -hmm. absolutely fills in as the number one pass catcher role. 
And Nick Mullins can go in there and at least distribute the football um, better than Jimmy Garoppolo did on Sunday. All right. So on the 49ers side, we mentioned Nick Mullins. We mentioned Jermichael Hasty. We mentioned Jordan Reed. It's not over. There is still more conversation no, to be close. had because on the other side of the ball with the Green Bay Packers, we've seen Aaron Jones miss time. And in his absence, Jamal Williams has been a starting running back in your fantasy football lineups. Well, Tom Pelissero came up with this tweet on Monday that outlined new COVID protocols that tested on Sunday morning, but those results don't come back until Monday. And so A.J. Dillon tested positive, played in the game, and now there's contact tracing with Jamal Williams as well. So obviously A.J. Dillon is out, and Jamal Williams is also in doubt of playing on Thursday as well. The tweet was phrased funny because – what the Packers did was shut down the facilities and then give tests to players as they were driving in and out to make sure they knew which ones could not come back. So with A.J. Dillon clearly ruled out since he is the one who tested positive, Jamal Williams reportedly a close contact player, and Aaron Jones, this could of course change, but most likely not turning around in a short week with that calf injury on Thursday. That leads us with only two running backs. Tyler Irvin, your best friend, and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Dexter Williams. And the thing is, Irvin has actually played 35% of the team snaps in three games as their satellite back this year, whereas Dexter Williams, even without Aaron Jones the past two weeks, without Tyler Irvin two weeks ago, too, has not played a single offensive snap in that span. So you would imagine that this would mean Tyler Irvin would be the workhorse in this situation. Although in deeper leagues, if you want to sprinkle on Dexter Williams, that's fine too. But Tyler Irvin is looking at a potential top 20 uh, fantasy day. Maybe you could even start him over, I'm not kidding, someone like Zeke Elliott who continues failing us every week because he's going to get those touches in this game. This is going down a path that I don't know if I can join you with. Um, Tyler Irvin, and this is just eye test stuff. Like This could be totally off, and it's a situation, again – that we just don't know what the play caller has in mind for the roles. Like what I've seen in the past with Tyler Irvin are jet sweeps and satellite back mm-hmm. stuff, right? Not, hey, I'm going to put you in the backfield with Aaron Rodgers under center or you adjacent to him and ask you to run between the tackles. Now, Dexter Williams is a name that a lot of people heard out of Notre Dame. And when he fit into the and was drafted into this offense, people got a little bit excited and then he didn't do anything. But he does have, you know, that experience of being that true, you know, single back of putting your foot in the dirt and getting upfield. That's a bunch of football jargon I just threw out. But I think at times when we have two players that we have barely seen play football, we have to try to guess what the narrative is. But this also is guessing if Jamal Williams is out. And if he's not, then you will be wasting. And wasting is a strong word. But your waiver priority of one of these two players was misused. Let's put it that way. I'll tease it to tomorrow night then. No one's going to want to jump on and read updates. I totally get it. There's more important things to watch tomorrow night. But uh, if you're around around 9p, 10p Eastern, I always put out an update with extra notes from practice reports and media availability throughout the day. So I'll I'm, I'll clearly be locked into what LaFleur says, and hopefully he leaves some tea leaves for us saying what Dexter Williams' role would be in this, the event this happens. Also, really quickly, Alan's are trending towards being active. I would I would treat him like we talked about on Sunday morning show, treating Jalen Rager and Dallas Goddard, and you want to pick these guys up because you know they are valuable in fantasy football. Uh, he he out-targeted Marcus Valdez-Scantling 12-11 in their first three games together. Uh, also tied Aaron Jones 
zone for team hides and red zone and end zone targets in that span. But I want to be ahead of it and hope he goes off on my bench instead of just rolling him out on Thursday. So sneaky pickup if you're trying to stash somebody. Good call talking about that game because we certainly won't ahead of the game by game preview, which will be out on Thursday evenings. This is Friday morning. the hardest year in so many ways, Josh. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, Grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, let's make it even more difficult. Let's go Great. to that that bulk group of ads that you will have in that column. Um, let's start off with Damian Harris. We've talked about Damian Harris in the past. I feel like I've brought up his name. You've brought up his name on this very show. Uh, look, the the Patriots often still stinks, but if mm-hmm. they want to achieve anything, it is running the football with Cam Newton and still trying to find you know a lead running back. And the one who is the between the tackles running back right now is Damian Harris, which is a little surprising because what all the training camp reports were practice reports were he was second in catches in those practices behind Julian Edelman on the list. Anyways, maybe that part gets added to it, but we're off on a Sunday um, where Damian Harris had over a hundred yards and a touchdown from scrimmage. I want to be clear though. We know Josh McDaniels pigeonholes his running backs into particular roles. And now Damian Harris has been pigeonholed into this only up the gut and around the edges, carry running back on minimal snaps. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even this past week, Rex Burke had 32 snaps, James White 31, Damon Harris 20. But as you said, Damon Harris still got 16 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown on those 20 snaps. Zero targets on two routes is the issue. The good news is we don't care when he's playing the Jets because that's the game script we want. So this week, you can fire up Damon Harris with confidence and we don't need to talk about his targets whatsoever in week nine. And he's available in 53% of Yahoo leagues out there. Again, we're only going to talk right now about players who are available in over 50% of your leagues out there. Let's go to a wide receiver who just came off injured reserve. It's not technically the Eagles' number one wide receiver because I would still point that to Travis Fulgham, unless you can correct me. But we did see some positive notes from Jalen Rager, including a touchdown catch on Sunday, Daigle. 
Yeah, it's still Travis Fulgham. And I feel bad uh, because I was one week behind. I think a lot of people still got ahead and picked him up, but we could have been all over him had I been all in before all these injuries happened. Either way, Mm. Travis Fulgham looks great, but Jalen Rager still returned and got six targets to Fulgham's seven and had a team-high two end zone targets and finished second on the team in air yards, which I actually consider more relevant and actionable than John Hightower's team-high air yards because John Hightower is just leading the team in air yards every week because they're useless their yards like Wentz is just chunking him downfield and Hightower is never going to come down with them because they're always just lobs that are inaccurate so Rager is clearly the number two receiver although in this game he played fewer snaps and ran fewer routes than Greg Ward I would imagine that changes moving forward I would just think they slowly brought him in as the number three receiver and he will slowly usurp Ward moving down the stretch yeah, I, I bet the two wide receiver sets once they feel comfortable Jalen Rager after he's not coming off a multi-week injury is Rager and Travis Fulgham. And, you know, it, it's impossible to doubt Fulgham at this point, and it seems like he's going to have a role moving forward beyond mm-hmm. this year. I mean, I don't want to jump too far in advance, but he's absolutely showing enough to do that. All I, right. I said a team high two end zone targets. I should have said tied for the team lead in end zone targets with Trevon Diggs. Should have, should have mentioned that. <laughs> Good one. Good one. All right. Uh, another running back, DJ Dallas, available in 75% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, that Se- Seahawks backfield we talked about in the recap show, which everyone go back and listen to. What a cluster that mm-hmm. was because I was doing blurbs on Wednesday. Pete Carroll came out and said, oh, minor injury for Carlos Hyde. He's going to be good to go for Sunday. Yeah, Chris Carson, we're positive. He- he's a game-time decision. Then we roll around three seconds before the 1 o'clock clock kickoffs, Jake Laser says, nope, they're all out, and DJ Dallas is your starting running back. Is that something that's going to be replicated moving forward, Jake? It's going to come down to Friday again. The good news is Pete Carroll already came out on Monday and said he doubts that Carlos Hyde, there's a lot of running backs now, Carlos Hyde will be available to play. So let's go ahead and throw him out. But Chris Carson, it looks like it's going to come down to his participation and practice on Friday. And then, of course, how he feels, any setbacks happening on Saturday. So we need to just get ahead and pick up DJ Dallas, just in case you didn't last week, because with only him and Travis Homer, who I honestly think was a available only as an emergency option last week. Yeah. Uh, DJ Dallas outcarried Homer 18 to one. He received all five of the team's running back targets and he had five touches inside the 10 yard line. Remember this guy is a converted receiver at Miami. So that's what he does best. That's his strength. And all these extra 18 to 20 plus carries are just the, the benefit the cherry on top really of his role. If all these other players are out. So you may not end up starting DJ Dallas, but you need to have him because he's a top 16 play probably if Chris Carson is also out. I like it. More running backs. Daryl Henderson has looked like the best running back in the Rams backfield. Cam Akers got a little bit of work. Uh, I don't think the eye test was very kind to Cam Akers, but you can tell me if you think differently. And then Malcolm Brown, we know he's had some good weeks and he's gotten some passing down work as well. Why did you ask me to write down Malcolm Brown and, and Cam Akers names? Everyone enjoyed that we got them ahead a week with Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, so we Mm. might as well try to get ahead this week because the Rams are on bye and then return. So we're going to probably forget about Daryl Henderson's injury as the week continues. So just on Tuesday, if you have room to stash either, the one you really want, honestly, is Malcolm Brown. He played 57 snaps out of 95, by the way. 95 snaps the Rams ran. Uh, Over 60 attempts for Jared Goff. Uh, Two Cam Akers, 20. So clearly it'll be Malcolm Brown leading that backfield. But Cam Akers will have a role if Daryl Henderson is ruled out in week 10. So, again, just trying to get ahead here for everyone. 
All right. We still have a few minutes to go. John Daigle, any deep cuts for us? Uh, I mentioned Jordan Wilkins' name to you because we keep having these pins lined up for a Jonathan Taylor smash spot, and he just rolls it into the gutter each and every time. Mm -hmm. What's your view of Jordan Wilkins, who outscored Jonathan Taylor this past weekend? Taylor apparently nicked up his ankle mid-game, which led to Jordan Wilkins having a team-high 21 touches on a backfield-high 39 snaps, and Naheem Hines finding the end zone twice, which helped his day. Unlike J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, though, like the touch margin we know between Wilkins, who they like treating as their actual workhorse, and Naheem Hines, who will get sprinkled in on passing downs, will be quite large. So I think Wilkins' floor is safer, but Hines still will have value if Jonathan Taylor's out. We have to see if he's also just going to maybe mispractice, come back on limited Friday, and ruin it all together. But just someone to watch. You want to get ahead on both those players, Wilkins and Hines. Someone else with Galladay now looking like he's going to be out for quite a long time, unfortunately. Uh, Quintus Cephas, remember, 13 targets and 18% yeah, target share. Our old friend from the first two games without Galladay. Uh, <laughs> last week's routes and participation, I think, is a non-issue because Cephas was healthy scratched. Marvin Hall got the nod. So maybe Marvin Hall is used over him. But the way it was at least treated in the first two weeks is that they preferred Cephas in that Galladay Island role. So I would think that happens again for deeper leagues. Uh, Denzel Mims. Got two targets in the first quarter. The issue is he got one over the next 45 minutes. But behind the scenes, still ran a route on every single one of Sam Darnold's dropbacks. And just like Joe Flacco did when he started for Sam Darnold in the past, because we could be looking at it again Monday night, I think he would favor the boundary receiver in this matchup, which would be Mims and not the slot guy, which could be Braxton Berrios if Jameson Crowder doesn't get healthy, whereas Darnold loves Braxton Berrios for some reason. Deep one here, Jacoby Myers finished with third highest target share, 43% among any wide receiver across the league in his first start as he had proven and immediate rapport with Cam Newton in that game. Russell Gage, I think, is a high floor option if you're desperate. We're getting to this part of the podcast, Josh, uh, because Calvin Ridley, we know whenever Julio was out, no one else became Calvin Ridley as the team's 1B option. But Julio Jones has proven when healthy, he elevates the entire team, even Russell Gage. So I would think if Ridley misses the game with that ankle injury, Gage's floor is pretty high, not as Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley, of course, but uh, he'll at least have softer coverage with Julio tracking on the opposite side of the field. And then really quickly, two more. You mentioned Logan Thomas last week. And yeah. the fact is now the past two games that Kyle Hallen has played in full, Logan Thomas ha- has been charted at pro football focus with seven of eight catchable targets. Whereas remember, we couldn't play him despite his amazing usage with Dwayne Haskins because only six, 14 of his 26 targets with Haskins were deemed as qu- uh, non-catchable or deemed as catchable during that month. So at least he's getting accurate looks now. So I'm, I'm fine going back to Thomas as a low-end tight end one. And then one for week 10, we'll end it here because I'm clearly running out of breath as well, is Austin Hooper. Uh, Remember, he recorded at least a 22% target share in his last three games prior to injury. The Browns are on bye now, but if you have room to stash and you're desperate for tight end, maybe you just lost George Kittle, Hooper will be back after the bye. Uh, Kevin Stefanski said he will definitely play against the Texans, which is an amazing smash spot the moment he returns to the field. So if you want to get ahead for week 10, you have a starting tight end. There are injuries every year. In fantasy football, but it feels like there are more than ever this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John Daigle has you covered. Again, go on over to the front of the site, rotoworld.com, after lunch on Tuesday. And Daigle will have his full column. And then that update he mentioned later on that evening. We'll be back on this show 
on Wednesday evening with Denny and Pat. And then Thursday evening with Daigle, Hayden, and Pat for our game-by-game preview show. And if you missed it, we really go in-depth on every single fantasy-relevant player on our game-by-game recap. So it's then the episode right before this one. So go and check that one out. All right, Diggsy, good stuff. For you, for me, talk to y'all soon. And as always, up the villa. Up the villa. (laughs) Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.